0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: And welcome back to Mariner's Spot. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for being here. Quick word of warning before we continue Uh, there'll be more noise in the background than normal. I have two fans going, and I'm just not going to turn them off. I just can't. So I will try and keep my portion, my talking portion, at a minimum because of the unusual background noise that you're probably hearing. But it's 1,000 degrees, so the fans will continue. So, sorry. Hopefully the next one things are a little more normal. But I know you're going through the same thing, so you get it. So that was quite a weekend the Mariners had against the White Sox. We're going to go over that. Also, have a conversation with Paul Sewald coming up. He's been one of the big heroes for the Mariners this past month or so in the back end of the bullpen. So we'll have a fun chat with him coming up in a few minutes. And there is a lot to talk about with the Mariners series against the White Sox. A pretty wild day on Sunday. So let's get into it. It started. The series on Friday, we talked about this road trip for the Mariners coming in. White Sox for three, Blue Jays with three. This would be a very difficult trip coming off the 7-2 and two home stand for the Mariners. And boy, they got off on the exact right foot against the White Sox. First of all, you said Kikuchi. Carlos Rodon, it does not get much better than that. It was a brilliant matchup, to fantastic lefties. Rodon you can make the argument he's been the best pitcher in the American League this year Kikuchi we know his last nine games coming in an era of two and a half he's been on a big time roll so we expected to see a pitcher's duel and that's what we saw earlier Kikuchi was on his game. You say he's been able to hold him to just a run so far. 2-2 two, two. at the knees. Dots him up in 97 Well, that is perfect and Collins is helpless. He strikes down on high heat for the second time Six punch outs for say who was allowed just one run through five innings on the south side. Ended up walking four. He got squeezed a couple uh, on a couple of those, though. Just two hits allowed, five and two-thirds, six punch outs. Meanwhile, the Mariners, they made Rodon work in this one. He goes five, four walks, eight strikeouts. He threw a lot of pitches. Four different times he had to throw at least eight pitches Two batters in the ball game. And Mariners broke at the sticks, did some damage too. The 3-2. Swung on and blasted to right field. This is way back and gone. Jake Fraley rides it out. A two-run bomb. His fifth of the season, and the Mariners extend the lead. It is now five-to-one Ms. Liftoff in Chicago. Jake Fraley. So Luis Turrens, two home runs. Jake Fraley, a wallop. And the Mariners win game one going away 9-3. to three. They scored in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth, pound out 14 hits along the way. A nice game one victory. Especially, it seems like as of late, especially, every game the Mariners play, especially ones they win, have been close. And so Mariners, as we turn our attention to Saturday, Mariners would start the game with Gilbert against Lance Lynn, another great pitching matchup. But then Reigns would come after a delay, game would get postponed. Lance Lynn goes three hitless innings. Logan Gilbert goes two scoreless innings. So this is when things got wild in game two of the series on Sunday. It ended up being essentially a doubleheader. So this is what happened in the ballgame. For the Mariners taking over was Hector Santiago and you and I have to assume you know this by now. He's the first one he's the first one that got nailed on the new inspection rule. So so let's first hear from Hector Santiago his perspective.
0: Hey Hector, can you kind of just walk us through the explanation you were given today from the umpires on that situation there?
2: Yeah, so um you know coming on the first inning, I was looking for because you know I said they're gonna check the relievers after the ever inning. First two innings, nothing came up. Uh, third inning, coming out of the game, I'm expecting them obviously to check me every inning. Um, I kind of joked around with him, moving like if I was going to run away, because uh, I know I wasn't using anything besides rosin. You know what's what's given to us because going into this once once it came up, I was just like, I'm going to use rosin. That's what that's what we got. I don't want this to be a big thing. I don't want this to happen to me. So um, and he said he just felt some stuff sticky on the inside of the glove. Um, so all I used was rosin. I mean, I used it on both sides, arm, sweat, trying to keep that sweat from dripping down to the hands. Um, I mean, that's the only thing I I, I use rosin. That's about it.
0: So to clarify, that was the first time they checked you the entire game?
2: Yeah, yeah, coming out of the game, yeah.
0: How much of an adjustment has it been over this past week or so? I mean, I know you guys had an idea of what to expect when the league began cracking down on this, but have you had to make any adjustments with this?
2: I mean... When you you're used to using sunblock and rosin, you know it's something that everybody does. I mean, you throw sunblock sunblock on there in the game, you throw some rosin on, you get a little tackiness. Um, so just eliminating the sunblock, just trying to go with rosin. The first couple of days was you can definitely feel a difference, a lot more slip on the ball. Um, but early on my career, I mean, I had ten years where I didn't use you know sunblock and rosin. Um, but just just going into the game like all right, well this is this is part of it. This is what we have to do, and this is you know this is part of the game, and we're going to get popped if we're using anything, any substances. And um, my mindset was just use rosin and attack the zone. And that's, you know, what I've been trying to do. I, I know that I didn't use anything today. I just went, I didn't know that they said, what he told me was you can't use rosin on the arm, your glove hand. So I, when I've used rosin, I you know dab on both sides, keep it dry. That way I'm not having any sweat coming down the hands. Um, I didn't know that he couldn't, he's the umpire said, you couldn't use it on your, your glove hand. So I don't know.
0: If you're allowed to use rosin, why? What was the explanation that they said you can't use it on
2: your glove hand? That, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. You know, I'm just. Um, if we're not allowed to use it, um, We can just, you know, bang it. I mean, completely. If we're not going to be able to use it on our hands or our arms to keep that sweat from dripping down our hands, keep that slipping slipperiness off the ball, let's just get it out of completely. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm whatever. I just uh, rosin's part of what we were given. I'm using rosin. That's all I had, and you know, let's just go from here.
0: I know you haven't been suspended yet for it, but uh, do you anticipate what might happen? Uh, do you think that you'll be cleared once they examine the glove more thoroughly?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think once they take it back, they're checking and it's it's just sweat and rosin. I mean, if they they're going to expect it, if they're going to do all this science stuff behind it, it's going to be sweat and rosin and we'll be all right.
3: Any last questions for Hector? Hector, you pitched in the league for a long time. Do you think this is kind of an overreaction to all this? I mean, like... To do it midseason and just be this kind of, like I don't know, forceful about it. How much of an overreaction do you think this is? It's it's,
2: it's definitely tough. I mean, I think it's something that we could have, you know, probably held off till next year. But um, I understand, you know, what it, what it, what they're doing and what they're trying to eliminate. And it gets it gets all this talk about you know guys spin right and all that stuff out of the game. That way, that's all eliminated. Um, it's definitely a, a tough situation for guys that you know use some black rosin or trying to make that adjustment midseason. You know, um. Uh, You know, it's part of the game, it's it's been a rule. It's always been a rule. Now they're just enforcing it. So I think it's something we have to deal with and just go out there and compete. So Santiago went two and a third, gave
1: up one run, a couple of walks, four strikeouts, pitched well after taking over for Gilbert. This was a close ball game. The Mariners picking up uh, a run in the fifth. White Sox doing the same. Mariners picking up a run in the sixth. White Sox doing the same. So this was a game tied at two apiece liam hendricks takes over in the ninth inning two outs in the ninth inning this is what
0: happened here's the pitch on the way and a swing and a fly ball into right field and this one is going and going and deep to right and it is gone goodbye baseball taylor trammell with his second home run of the afternoon gives the mariners a three two lead here in the
1: top half of the ninth inning so how about that? Taylor Trammell goes yard for the second time in the ball game to give the Mariners a 3-2 lead. They would end up closing it out for a 3-2 win to take the first two games in the series. And what's impressive, when you look at the box score, it looks weird because of the suspended game. But Lance Lynn, Dallas Keuchel, Liam Hendricks, the three pitchers that pitch for the White Sox, and the Mariners beat him three to two. They get the win here was Scott service. What he said about the win and also what he said about the Hector Santiago situation.
4: Yeah. Um, you know, when, when Hector came off the mound, obviously you guys aren't here. It's, it's about 85 to 90% humidity today with the guy sweating. He had rosin, um, you know, all over himself. Phil said he thought he had some sticky stuff in his glove. Um, when you put rosin on sweat, it gets sticky. That's why they have a rosin bag back there. So You know, take it from there. It goes, the glove gets sent off, and, you know, we'll see where it goes. But, uh, you know, our guys are doing the right thing. Uh, They're following the rule. Um, The umpires are trying to do the best they can um, in a tough situation. He thought he felt something sticky. Rosin does get sticky when you put it on sweat. So um, we'll wait and see what happens.
0: No, he was immediately ejected, but has the suspension been issued as far as?
4: No, no, The the glove will be sent off. There's. There's no, you know, determination on what's going to happen there. Um, It's, they can go ahead and look at it. There's there's no sticky stuff in the glove.
0: You guys get that glove back soon. You anticipate some explanation here in the the next day or two? I would hope so, Daniel. And just how big of a catch in, uh, really a ninth inning from Taylor Trammell today?
4: Oh, unbelievable game. Uh, Taylor was locked in today uh that's one of the best closures in the league um you know on a tough pitch you know from my vantage point the ball looked down but he got under it scooped it uh you know big swing and then to come up with that catch from my vantage point I kept looking at the left fielder Jake Bowers and I was pretty sure he wasn't going to get to it and out of nowhere comes Taylor flying in there and making a heck of a play so unbelievable game uh, by him nice win for our ball club uh I thought a number of our bullpen guys did a really nice job today under tough circumstance you know we we had to suck it up. Uh, we got some big pitches, some big outs, some big double plays, and uh, credit to everybody. Uh, it took all everybody to, to chip in, and we'll see what happens here in the second game.
2: Scott, how's Shed? What happened with him today?
4: Yeah, uh, Shed was taken out of the game. Uh, you know, we have a standard. We're going to run hard all the time. Um, didn't think um, you know really busted it out of the box uh, there. So we just made a little adjustment conversation we've had with number of players and you know that's how we play
3: yeah just making sure it wasn't an in- injury situation thank you yep.
1: yep but no doubt this game really belonged to taylor Trammell. nice catch too late in the ball game with the two home runs here's what he had to say after the ball game
0: hey taylor can you walk us through that game-saving catch you just had your read on it and how you were able to track it down
3: yeah absolutely um the first uh Wow. Um, first of all, um, kudos to our pitchers. Uh, they did an amazing job today uh, and yesterday. Uh, I got to credit Logan as well. He did keep us in the game for the first two innings. Uh, but um, the the catch, I I had a really good read on it. Uh, we were playing no doubles, um, and I had a really good read on it. And as I was going, obviously, it's the, we're in uh, Chicago, windy city. So, you know, the wind is going all types of directions. So, Initially, um, pre-pitch, I'm checking the wind, making sure that, you know, it's not blowing in or anything like that. Uh, it turns out it was blowing a little bit out, uh, but it wasn't as hard as it was earlier. And, you know, uh, once he hit it, I knew, I, like I said, I had a good read on it. I knew it was either going to be a, you know, wall ball or a warning track ball and it ended up being a warning track ball. But he put a good swing on it and uh, I was just in a good position to catch it.
0: That first homer, did the right fielder fool you into thinking that one was maybe not gone?
3: Absolutely. And then I, I kind of like knew off the bat as well uh, when I hit it. So I kind of knew like, okay, I got it. And then I look at him like looking all over the place. And I was like, um, I was like, it's gone. So uh, it kind of threw me off guard a little bit, but you know, it is uh, sunny out there. Uh, it is kind of tough to see, out, see the ball out and uh, you yeah, know, just it kind of me a little bit.
0: And that's a really good pitcher in Liam Hendricks. And to do that in a two strike count, is that a sign to you that things are going really well right now for you?
3: Uh, yeah, I was just on the fastball. Um, he ended up, uh, you know, those, those balls, they, they were a little bit up. I felt good on them. Uh, I knew uh, the whole AB I felt, I felt comfortable. Um, not just what he was doing or anything like that. I just felt comfortable the whole day uh, with my swings. Um, I knew I had to be ready for, you know, 96 to hundred. I knew I had to be ready for that. And, uh, you know, ended up, you know, putting in a really good swing on the ball. And I was extremely excited because I'm looking over to the dugout and everybody's going crazy. And I said that's what it's all about. So I was just glad I contributed to the win.
1: Ty France hit one, too. So three solo home runs, and that was it. That was the ball game. Mariners win three to two. So that led to game three of the series, game two of the day, a seven inning affair against the White Sox. And Chicago, it was a bullpen day for them. It was a bullpen day for the Mariners as Marco Gonzalez flew home to be with his wife Monica. They're expecting the birth of their first child. So he was at home in Seattle, and White Sox just poured it on. They had two in the first, one in the third, four in the fourth. They had a 7-1 to lead. Mariners hadn't had a hit yet at that point, but then Mariners would make it interesting with one in the sixth and three in the seventh, but White Sox grabbed the victory 7-5 to as they win the finale. But at that point, the Mariners playing with house money. They had already won the series, and they'll leave Chicago with a two-game to one. Let's hear from Scott Service again, twice, as he talked again after the second game. Okay. Uh
4: long, long day of baseball. <laughs> you know, um, I thought we played a heck of a series. Uh overall. Uh, you know, the first game we jumped on them, did some nice things offensively. Uh, you know, the first game today. you uh, know, I mean, we really pitched pitched well, got some huge hits, certainly the home runs, and then uh you know, just didn't quite have – we didn't control the zone, um, you know, in, in the second game today, getting too many free bases, and that was kind of the, the story of the ball game. But uh, really good effort by our guys, and I thought at the end, nobody's giving at-bats away. Uh, we forced them to bring in their closer in a game that, you know, they probably thought they had wrapped up. So it says a lot about our group. Uh, really happy with the way we're playing. You know, we just gave away too many free bases in the second game. But overall, really positive series. A team's in first place over there, and uh, when we played, you know, uh, I thought, just a couple outstanding games against
0: him. Got that big homer from Mitch tonight. Is it just another sign that he continues to get back on track?
4: I think so. You know, uh, Haney had a good uh, day all the way around. You know, he got a couple hits the first game, uh, got our first hit in the second game, and follows it up with a three-run homer. So that's what he's capable of doing. He just doesn't give away at-bats. None of our guys And really proud of that. You know, you get down in some games, and some guys kind of cashing in. Not here. Um, not with young players and certainly some of our, our veteran guys. They, they go about the right way and, and really grind through a ball game, and, you know, that's what we did today.
0: What did you see from Shed there after what happened in game one? It came in and battled Liam for 10 pitches there.
4: Yeah, great at bat. You know, Shed's had a lot of really good at bats late in games for us. Uh, you know, he continues to compete very well. So, um, you know, he'll be back out there again. Uh, he's a good player. Um, growing pains. It happens once in a while.
0: That throw to, to NAB Kyle at the plate, from your vantage point, it was that just a, a really good throw by Gonzalez more than anything?
4: It was a really good throw. <laughs> you got to give him give him credit. Certainly down in the game, you don't want to make any outs on the bases. You know, I thought uh, Steve would score on that one. You gotta give their guy credit, and he made a heck of a play.
0: How excited are you guys to go to Buffalo, given the way you're playing and against a, another really good team?
4: We, we're excited for an off day, too. It's a long day of baseball, and it's extremely humid over here. Like, I know it is in Seattle uh, as well. But uh, we're playing good baseball. Uh, got a lot of confidence uh, with this group. Um, you know, it was just kind of a little clunky, you know, with the, the rain uh, out yesterday and then going back-to-back to back today. But uh, like I said, I thought we played really well in this series.
2: You used 11 relievers today, I think. Ever had a day where you've done that?
4: Well, coming into the game, I had a pretty good idea they're all going to pitch today. Uh, I've never done that before, no. (laughs) Hopefully I never have to do it again. But, uh, you know, when, you know, starter runs short and we were out another real starter with the, you know, situation with Marco, things happen. And you have to have guys step up. I thought our guys uh, gave a heck of an effort today. Really proud of this group.
2: Just for clarification, JP came out, just, just took him out or nothing wrong with him there?
4: Yeah, no, he's, he's good. JP's he's played almost every inning of the entire season. Um, you know, all good. Want to get Donnie Walton in there. Donnie had a good at bat as well.
1: Off day today, Mariners will spend their off day in Buffalo, and then they'll start their series against the Toronto Blue Jays on Tuesday. We'll break down this series more as we move through the week, so we won't get into it in depth here. Just a quick look at – Kind of the matchups that we're looking at. And this is going to be fun. Really fun series. Blue Jays, especially offensively, have been so entertaining this year. And Robbie Ray has been one of the big surprise stories in baseball. You could call Chris Flexen the same thing. And it's pretty great. They match up in the first game of the series. 407 first pitch on Tuesday. Flexen against Ray. That's going to be great. Uh, and then on Wednesday. 407 first pitch. Justice Sheffield will take the ball, looking to turn things around. Stephen Matz will go uh, coming up on Wednesday and then Thursday. This is great. The first of July, 1007 first pitch. You say against Raúl. That's going to be another phenomenal matchup. So this is going to be a really fun series. Uh, Mariners have already taken two of three. They can make this a tremendous road trip depending on what happens against the Blue Jays. Okay, so we'll turn our attention to the Blue Jays coming up on Tuesday. Right now, we're going to have a conversation with Paul Seawald, who has been tremendous for the Mariners this season. A one ERA for the Mariners. Uh, 19 innings thrown. Just 10 hits allowed. 32 strikeouts. Just a slider monster. Throwing it at a ton. And he has been so good pitching in absolute high leverage situations for the Mariners this past month he's been fantastic for the Mariners We we'll also talk about Paul Seawold in the latest edition of the wheelhouse that just came out as well with Jerry DePoto a nice conversation with uh, about Seawald, Steckenrider, and Chagua as well all three have been dynamite for the Mariners but here's our conversation with Seawold. it's amazing you look you've been up and down in your career with the Mets you, here you are in Seattle not only on the big league roster you're pitching in big situations they're high leverage guy what has this been like your time with the Mariners so far
5: it's been fantastic you know a change of scenery everyone talks about it and and um, I think I've made the most out of it I think we've really enjoyed a change of scenery I enjoyed my time with the Mets for those uh the parts of nine seasons but I think I just needed to get away and get somewhere new and get some new eyes on me and get some new coaching and it's been it's been uh great it's it's worked really well and I, I feel great out there what's been the biggest key for you do you think you know, for the longest time, I was someone who didn't throw hard, so I was told you need to throw down in the zone, make sure you throw down and away to everybody, and then the analytics say I have a high spin rate fastball and and some ride, and so I was like, oh, i got to learn to throw the ball up in the zone, and, you know, it took me about a year to get it. Uh, we made some adjustments in camp that didn't go as well as we had hoped. It was kind of a roller coaster in spring training, and then I went to the outside and really it started to click there, um, and then I've really taken off since I
1: started throwing the ball up in the zone as well as I have. Now I know this was a while ago, but FIP used to be your favorite sabermetric number, right? Is is that still the case? What do you look at now? What do you like to look at? You know what I? I always said I like to look at FIP because it made me a better pitcher
5: than ERA, <laughs> so that's why I liked it. Um, I'll look at whatever analytics that makes me look better, makes me look the best is is my favorite of the day. So um, I haven't, you know what? I haven't even been thinking about it. Uh-huh. I'm just going out there trying to do the best I can and and take every outing and do the best I can from there.
1: Tell me about your slider. My slider sweeps
5: a lot more than everybody else in big leagues, <laughs> and I know that I need to throw it as mu- as many times as I can. Uh, Woody has a great had a great thing and said, "Throw the pitch that moves the most the most often," which makes a lot of sense. These guys just hit they hit fastballs and they they hit them hard. Um, let's throw a pitch that m- moves as much as possible. See so if they get the barrel on it. So um, those high fastballs and spitting my sliders as much as I can has been a really good combo for me.
1: Is it different with the Mariners, or is your frequency using
5: it different with the Mariners? My frequency using it and the shape in which I'm trying to throw it has been the difference maker. Okay. Um, our peak performance meeting in spring training uh, explained that I need to—it's sweep, it's not depth, it's sweep. Um, just try and make it go as far left as I could possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought I needed more depth to it. We had a conversation about what the numbers say and how. How I regularly can get it to sweep 20 inches, let's, let's aim for that. That's what we want to do. So when I started thinking about that, instead of thinking about the depth, I'm just not somebody who gets depth on my pitches. Yeah. I throw from a low angle. That's not really going to be my kind of slider. And I think when I started abandoning depth and looking for sweep, it's gotten a lot better, and I'm
1: just trying to throw it as hard as I can and move it as much as I can. All right, when you describe how much goes into thinking about your pitch and trying to make it the best how much has even the time you've been in baseball how much has the information changed it's it's night and day and I
5: got I got to the big leagues in 2017 and I feel ancient (laughs) saying that I pitched in 2017 it's it's I mean it has really taken off it was my meetings in New York were throw your slider more now it's like no here's your sweep on it here's what the numbers say about it here's the pitch graphics and the pitch physics behind it it's it's wild. And it's it's the people who can make the most out of the numbers that they have while not getting overwhelmed with them that are the ones that are pitching the best in the big leagues across the board. So one of our favorite guys when he was here
1: was Jason Bradford. I know you got one a history. Yeah, right?
5: I love Braddy. Braddy and I played together when we were 13. Oh. I think that's what it was. As So 13-year-old travel ball. Um, he was a grade above me in the same age group. So he went to high school a year before me. Um, and then, you know, he was, uh, he was at one of our rival high schools, we beat him in the state championship in 06. He knows that. <laughs> um, uh, and then, you know, we didn't get to see each other because I was in college, he was in college, that sort of yeah. thing. And then we were both drafted by the Mets and it was like, well, this is perfect, you know? Yeah. Both Vegas boys, we know each other. This is great. Um, and then we were road roommates in 2016 when we were both in AAA. That was the first time we got to play on the same team together. Um, and then in seventeen, we both got our debuts together. And yeah, I mean, Brady's one of my favorite guys. I, I, uh, I wish nothing but the most success for him. And I, I know he. I just, I'm so excited to see him pitching again, healthy, um, and I hopefully, hopefully, he gets a break with the Braves soon or yeah. whoever will take him.
1: What was Vegas baseball like growing up?
5: Uh, it's pretty darn good. Yeah. Pretty darn good. You see a lot of uh, a lot of my former teammates or former uh, opponents playing in the major leagues these days. It's pretty. It's pretty incredible. It was. Uh, we had an amazing group of dads that were very supportive, two years, three years, older and younger than me, that, have, that put the time in to make sure that their kids got the most out of the coaching and the experience that they could in travel ball, and next thing you know, uh, so many are getting drafted, and you know, a couple made it to the big leagues, it's pretty amazing.
1: Now You mentioned the Mets, I've got to ask you about DeGrom, simply because he seems like he's from a different planet, I'm not sure, you got to see him up close, what was it like? Your guess is
5: as good as mine from what planet he's from. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it, it's incredible. He just, he moves so efficiently, and it's just a lightning bolt of an arm, and it just is, I mean, the fact that he keeps getting better and better is, is like, mind-boggling, you know? It's like I was there for the, I was there as a as a minor leaguer with him when he gets called up, and then he becomes the rookie of the year, and it's like, yeah, Jake's great. He's, you know, he throws these pitches, he's great, he throws strikes, and then, you know, in 17 he just kind of started to turn it on in the second half of the season i know that that scene where terry put his arm around him and <laughs> next thing you know he has a one era for the next five years is very popular it really what i mean he he was an all-star snub there and yeah. then in 18 he just came i mean out of the gate was just lights out and it was every time he went out there you just i mean it's a reliever i get to put my feet up and watch right. and just enjoy you know two hours of watching him dominate and it you know he hasn't stopped it's been incredible i yeah. think uh I'm, it's exciting for him. I, I'm glad that I was a teammate. And I got to see it up close for three, year, four years. And, and uh, yeah, it's it's still fun to watch on TV. He's incredible.
1: How much fun are you having right now?
5: A lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. It's, you know, such a great team. It's, it's unique in the fact that I am one of the older guys I and one know. of the veteran guys. <laughs> uh, I've enjoyed that aspect that yeah. maybe a couple people have had to ask me questions for, like, how would you handle this sort of thing. And I you know kind of made me turn and realize well yeah I, you know I have a little bit of major service time I get, I get a little bit of it. We got a lot of young guys and it's it's fun to be one of those guys that maybe I'm getting questions asked to instead of feeling like I'm you know the young guy who has to carry the boom box or whatever and yeah. and, and it's uh, it's been it's been fun. I'm enjoying being on the West coast and being closer to family and and I love Seattle and it's been a great time I've enjoyed it so much.
1: How much are you relishing the high leverage role that you have right now?
5: It's incredible. I mean, if you don't want to pitch in tight games, yeah. in games that you're trying to win, trying to get the hold, trying to get the save, trying to, you know, we're down one, get me in there, maybe I can pull out the win, then I don't know what you're doing here. It's It's been great to pitch in those games. I'll pitch in blowouts, I'll pitch in tight games, I'll pitch whenever they tell me to pitch, but it certainly is more enjoyable when you get to pitch in close wins and you get to celebrate with the boys in the locker room after and, and uh, you know, it's obviously always easier to pitch when your team's winning five to two, four to two, three to one, than it is like, hey, go out there for the fifth, sixth, and seventh, and we're down seven to one. Um, you know there is something to that, and and I'm not you know naive to think that that's a lot better situation, but um, I'll pitch whenever they tell me to. But I, I certainly have enjoyed you know getting to pitch in some close wins, and and it's been great.
1: Well, congrats! It's been a nice run. You've been fun to watch. Appreciate
5: it. Thank you so much, Gary. Appreciate it.